How's it going, sports fans, betters, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 219, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, coming off a bit of a hiatus here from the show, uh, now I hope you guys have followed us at HedgePod on all social platforms. We've been posting our plays there. We got the Playbook H2 Discord which we're going to plug later on in the show, but we're right in the heart of NFL playoffs. We got college basketball is in full swing as well. So I couldn't think of a better guy to bring on today. He's the co-host of the field stormers podcast and Ole Miss diehard. We got Walker Bailey Walker. How are we doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm still snowed in, but you know, that makes for a lot of good basketball and a lot of good football. So excited to be here. Exactly. So we're recording here on a Friday night, which means we've still got some action yet to go. I think I like Indiana tonight. We'll see if they can cover against Wisconsin. But we're going to be taking a look at some of the early betting lines on the college basketball front. But we are going to start with some NFL. I almost said NHL. NFL playoff action. But before we do, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so let's talk NFL divisional round. We're going to go game by game. We'll look at the Saturday games and then the Sunday games as well. And so we're going to open up with Houston heading into Baltimore. Baltimore sitting at 9.5. 43.5 is the over-under here. The Texans riding the high of blowing out the Browns. A lot of that had to do with Joe Flacco. who threw two pick sixes in the second half. And then you've got Baltimore on the other side. The one seed, best record in the NFL. Down here for Lamar, probably still going to be the MVP of the league and a really good defense there. So, Walker, what are your initial thoughts in this game? You're you're an AFC South guy, so uh, you must be really cheering for the Texans in this one. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm laying I'm laying the points with the Ravens here. If I back uh, if I back aside, um, I do think the best bet in the game is the under. Like you're just fresh off the Texans scoring 45. They had the pick sixes. Uh, they held Flacco in check. I do think D'Amico Ryan's influence on the defense has helped a lot. Like, they've gotten better each and every week. So I think that they'll be able to at least relatively hold Lamar in check, whose playoff record is kind of dicey at best. Uh, but I do think that the Ravens' defense is the best unit in this game. Like, I think that's kind of where they win the game. I think they're going to be able to hold the Texans' offense uh, at bay uh, and probably win this game by 10 to 14 points. That's kind of where I'm sitting with it as well. I, I think that everyone's thinking shootout because of what we saw from Houston last week. But when you're looking at their team total, 
Vegas only has them at like 16 and a half, maybe 17 on some books. So they're not anticipating that Houston's going to come out. Stroud's going to throw for two or three touchdowns in this game. So I'm really not worried about that. Plus when they played, I know that it's early in the year, but when they did play earlier in the year, 25 to nine. So it wasn't a lot of points the first time around. I kind of like Stroud under on passing attempts. He's sitting at 35 and a half. He's gone under in five straight. I know that they're likely going to be trailing in this game, which is often cause for concern when you're talking pass attempts because you might be trying to throw them back into the game. But I just think when I look at this Baltimore defense, they're really solid against the pass. They're sixth against the pass, and then they're 14th against the run. So I think if Houston actually is going to have a lot of success in this game, they're going to be leaning on Singletary to do it, which is crazy to say for a Houston offense. But I just don't see it either. I think that Baltimore's clearly the one seed for a reason. They beat all the quality teams, including San Fran late in the year. I think they have the better coach here. I do like Harbaugh quite a bit. Um, John Harbaugh, that is. I don't like the, the cheating guy in Michigan. But, um, I mean, overall, I, I think that this is Baltimore. Is there a scenario where, where we're just way off and Houston comes in and wins this game? Or do you think that this is just a team that – beat a, a QB that came off the couch and now they're playing a, a real formidable opponent in the playoffs. I mean, I think there's always a scenario when you have a quarterback the caliber of CJ Stroud. It's like, I mean, if he gets hot and they kind of have a good game plan and uh, he gets hot early and they score some early points and there's always a chance, you know, I feel like the Ravens were kind of in an eerily similar situation when the Titans came in. Now granted like different situation uh, as far as personnel, but uh, you know, the Titans got an early lead in that game or whatever. And, handled Baltimore in Baltimore. So um, it's been done before. I'm sure at some point it'll be done again. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's a scenario. I just don't – I don't particularly think that this is the this is the time that that happens. No, I would agree there. I, I do think Stroud's been great. I mean, he's been probably one of the storylines of the year, just what he's done with this team, considering I think they're sitting at like six and a half, five and a half – um, preseason win totals so the fact that they're even in this spot I think shows that the years ahead of schedule they found their quarterback of the future but I just find it tough to believe that they're going to be able to hang with Baltimore I actually think that if they want to have a chance you do what Green Bay did against Dallas last week you say we're going to take the ball first go down try and score a touchdown put them on the back foot because we know that the Ravens Lamar can throw the ball he's got plenty of weapons now but they would prefer to, to run the ball as much as possible if they can. And so I think if you can at least put them on their back foot, then you could have some success there. But I would probably – I'd bet Baltimore I'd take the under and maybe the under on Stroud passing attempts. Now, second game, we're laying nine and a half here again. You've got San Francisco minus nine and a half, 50 and a half is the line there. San Fran's secondary looks fine. They stopped the run very well. They've got plenty of weapons on offense. Then you've got Green Bay riding the high of Jordan Love. And I guess this is probably the, the time that I say I might have been wrong about Stroud being a bad quarterback. I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to call him an elite superstar level guy, but I think he's proven that he's probably going to be a starter in the league for a long time, if not a, a future Pro Bowl guy. But, you know, I guess I can say that I was wrong on that front as much as it pains me to say that. But now he's right. going in, he's, he's not facing a Dallas team that, that has major playoff question marks and looks completely unprepared and looks like they're bringing back Mike McCarthy and that it's a whole other show for another day of how Jerry's going to bring that guy back. But now you're taking on San Fran. So 
is this a situation where where Love caught a perfect playoff matchup and now he's going to face a real team, or what are your thoughts here? Um, no, I think they're going to get blown out. I mean, I, I think San Francisco is going to handle them. Um, you know, that game is as weird as it was. Like, honestly, it was just kind of a coaching thing. I think, like, I mean, they had guys schemed open all day long. Um, San Francisco has kind of been the class and been incredibly professional all year long. Uh, you mentioned earlier that most of their wins have come by double digits. So I kind of expect that that's going to be the case again. Um, so I've got them, I've got the over and then I've got San, San Francisco minus the nine and a half. Do you think this is the highest scoring game of the weekend? I have seen a lot of people who think that, look, Green Bay is not going to slow down San Fran's offense, but Love might be able to find some success here. So are you banking on it's San Fran's just going to put up enough points to hit the over? Or what are your thoughts on it? I mean, to me, this feels like a 35 to 21 type of game, like 35, 21, 35, 17. Like both those scenarios get you to the over. Um, it feels like 35 for San Francisco is kind of the magic number. And as long as you get there, you're going to hit the over. I think San Francisco is going to dominate. Uh, but I do think the good thing is, is if they get up really, really big early, then the Packers get behind and have to start throwing the ball and they may get some points that maybe not, aren't really necessarily important to San Francisco, but they're important to us. Yeah, it, it turns into what Dallas was last week where, you know, the final score Dallas puts up 32, but you know that they were never in that game. And, and I know that Dallas was bad. I do think that Jordan Love made some good throws early on in that game. But when we're talking second, third, fourth quarter throws, how more open could some of his receivers have been? Oh, yeah. It was complete breakdown in coverage. There was a couple times, like first quarter, where Dallas takes a bad penalty and then, you know, there's some pressure and he makes a nice throw. But second half, I think it was pretty – the game's out of reach. The team is clearly not prepared, and then he looks really good. So – I like San Fran's team total over. It's 30 and a half. You were talking about 35 as the number. You can get 30 and a half at plus money. So I think that that's good value. I also think that CMC over 91 and a half rush yards. Um, I know that he was a little bit banged up at the end of the regular season, but he's now had a couple weeks to kind of heal up. And I think he's going to be ready. Green Bay is also 28th against the run. I think that we're going to see a lot of Debo like sweeps. I would put a touchdown uh, if you're putting together a touchdown parlay, I think Debo is a good look because I think he's going to be very effective in this game. So I would agree. I think that we're looking at San Fran. If you want to do a teaser parlay, maybe get it down under a touchdown for both Baltimore and San Fran. You can do that. But I think that they're going to cover the number regardless. So that's kind of where I sit with those two. Now, when we head into Sunday, games look a lot better. Um the spread just tells you that when we're talking about Tampa Bay and Detroit, Detroit's minus six and a half, 49 and a half is the total there. So they're thinking that it's going to be high scoring as well. I don't know how much credit you want to give to Tampa Bay because they beat a floundering Eagles team, but I've always been a believer that Baker's not a franchise level quarterback. He's probably a starter in the league just because when we look across the league, let's face it, we're both guys with Falcons futures. We watched Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke start games all year, and I think that we were very pained to have to get up every Sunday and watch a Falcons game. But you look at Baker, and he barely wins that division with those two guys and with Derek Carr and with Bryce Young. So what do you give Tampa of a shot here? There's a lot of good players around Baker, but does he have enough to, to beat a team like Detroit in that dome? I like – I like him just because I'm not just necessarily sold on Detroit. Like, I don't think Jared Goff's going to go in on you games um, necessarily. Like, I think he's good enough to keep you in it. Um, 
I think I think Baker will have some success here. Like I don't think this Lions defense is particularly good. They've played better down the stretch, um, but I do tend to think that uh, I do tend to think that they're going to have uh, Tampa Bay's offense will have success. I like Tampa Bay against the number, uh, and then I also like the over at forty nine and a half as well. So 50, 49 and a half, 50, whatever you can find. Like I like both numbers. Um, I think that they should be able to have some success here and cover the number and keep it close. It feels like Detroit's going to win this game by like four points, um, three to four points. It doesn't feel like the one that gets over a touchdown. It does feel like 28-24 or 27-24, I would agree there. Um, I think what's concerning, I mean, you were just talking about how Goff's not going to win you the game, but he kind of has to based off of how this Bucks defense rolls because – they're probably going to have some success slowing down Demont and Gibbs, that one-two punch they've got in the backfield. They're 29th against the pass. And I know Laporta caught a touchdown last week. He's obviously not 100%. Looks like he's going to go this week, though. You've got St. Brown. You've got some other options, Jamison Williams and others. So Goff does have the weapons to go and get it done. And I worry because they're coming off that emotional high. Like you see the videos in the locker room afterwards about how we, we won this game for Jared and like he was cast off by the Rams and this meant so much to him. And I just get a little bit worried in this spot that they might overlook Tampa Bay a little bit. I don't think that I can get far enough to actually bet Tampa on the money line or anything crazy, but boy, they really blew out the Eagles. And I think that it was more so the Eagles than it was Tampa. So I think that Detroit wins. I wouldn't lay that number if you can buy it down or if you can find a better line, then maybe you consider it. But I would agree on the over, and I think that Tampa figures out a way to cover. And then I think the game that we're all waiting for, because you're looking at a minus two and a half, we're looking at two teams that have faced off in the playoffs multiple times in the last number of years, and they've been really great games all the time. You've got Kansas City and Buffalo. Buffalo minus two and a half, minus three, depending on what book you find. Um, and 45 and a half is the total there. I'm finding it very hard to not want to hammer Buffalo here. And I think it's just I'm giving all the credit to Mahomes. I'm not giving it to his weapons. Um, the defense is pretty solid, but I think that if they are going to win this game, it's going to be Mahomes is going to have to make some plays, likely with his legs. So what do you think of this game? Yeah, I like the under. I had the under in last year's uh, last year's mega shootout and looked like a clown. Um, and I'm prepared to do it again. Like, I'm taking the under here. I think this is a lower-scoring game. I think both defenses are going to play well in the red area and hold teams to field goals. Um, so, I like the under. If you made me pick a side, I would pick Buffalo. But for the same reasons you just mentioned, I don't really want to lay points against Mahomes and Reed. Like, that doesn't really feel like a formula that's going to equate to a lot of long-term success. It's like almost like betting against the Patriots back in the Brady window. So, I'm just kind of – I'm just going to play the under and sit there and just root for defense. Yeah, and I think I think what I'm struggling with is we know what Josh Allen is. He's a guy that can go and throw for 300 and run for 90 and have three or four touchdowns in a game, but he can also be that quarterback that throws two, three, maybe four interceptions in a game, and then he plays you out of it. And I think that's why I'm struggling to get to that number. I think if I'm honestly playing anything, it's probably Allen's rush yards and maybe a touchdown for him. I just don't know where else I can go with this one. Maybe it's a Buffalo money line, and then I'm buying a couple points and taking the under. I do maybe a same-game parlay or something, but then you're getting a little bit gimmicky with it, and you're just hoping you're just hoping right. a point. So that's my concern here. Um, I really 
I think Buffalo should win on the surface because they have the vastly better offensive weapons. I think their defense is comparable, but it's just those guys at the most important position that's concerning for me. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. But I want to give a quick shout out as well to Battleetics, one of the sponsors of our show. Um, use code Hedge for 25% off. They recently launched um, an upgrade in their software as well. So go and check out touchdown plays, player props, game lines, all of those things. They update them now pretty frequently. So you can go and check those guys out 25% off and then maybe make some winners with this NFL slate. So that's what we've got for football. Now, you and I love the NFL, but we're we're college basketball sickos. Let's face it. Um, I've watched more Cleveland State basketball than I care to admit. And it's not because I'm watching it on ESPN. It's that I'm finding on the dark web at times the, the stream links for some of these games. So we're diehards when it comes to the college basketball game. Um, I put out plays all the time in that Discord that I talked about earlier to Playbook HQ. But let's talk Power 5 games and picks for the weekend. And keeping in mind we're recording on Friday, so there will likely be line movement if you're listening on Saturday morning when this is airing. Um, So I'm going to try and give out some advice of what I would play numbers to as well in case you get that line movement and can help you with some winners. So let's start ACC Walker, um, the conference that – Let's face it, pretty much every they overrated it when you get us North Carolina and Duke, occasionally Florida State or Virginia. This is not a very top-heavy conference, but I think we've got a really good slate here of games. There's a lot of, we'll call them rivalry games. Um, I think that when we're talking about Pittsburgh and Duke with Capel going back, I think Louisville and Wake Forest is going to be a really good game. Miami, Syracuse as well. What's one that you're looking at in the ACC right now that you think has some potential? Yep, I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride or die with this group, I guess. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Clemson minus two in Tallahassee tomorrow. Uh, I just think there's a huge gap between these teams. Like I, I have Clemson as a comfortable tournament team. Like I think they're a top forty, top thirty team roughly. I think Florida State's comfortably outside the tournament. Like I think they're probably below the top seventy-five. Um, if I really, really had to go through and power rate everything. So I just think uh, I just think for my taste personally, Clemson's a whole lot better than two points better than uh, a whole lot better than two points better than Florida State on any floor. So and I think with the weather moving through the southeast that like, I mean, you could be, you know, you could get a lighter crowd. You may not even get a ton of home floor advantage here for Florida State. I like Clemson. I like the matchup. They should be able to they should be able to thrive and win this game by five to ten points. That's one that I liked as well. Um, when I was going through the standings earlier, just seeing how ACC play has gone so far, there's some surprise teams up near the top, and Florida State's one of them. This was supposed to be a bit of a down year. They're on a five-game win streak. And NC State was another one up there. Then you've got Clemson 2-4 and four in ACC play, and they've been very unlucky in a couple spots. I think that this is this is one of these weeks where we start to have these contenders rise up. And I think that Clemson's one of those teams where when we get into ACC tournament play, they're going to be really dangerous with P.J. Hall, and it's just a really talented group. So I like Clemson there. And as much as I said NC State's a bit of a surprise, I actually really like them against Virginia Tech. Now, what worries me about this one right now is I got it earlier at 2.5, and now I'm seeing best line is minus 3. 
Some books have already gone up to three and a half. I've seen four and a half. So I think that by the time we're at tip off, we might even have minus five here with NC State on some books. But I'm just not very high on Virginia Tech. I think that this is a really good spot for NC State uh, to go in and pick up the win at home. DJ Horn's been really good the last couple games. I think he's had 27 and 21 in his last two. They take care of the ball really well. I think that they're going to control the glass. I just don't think that Virginia Tech's going to have enough here. So I see why the line is moving. I'm glad that I got it early. If it gets beyond minus five, I probably stay away at that point. But I like NC State. What do you think of it? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I like Mike Young a lot. I kind of wish that I could back this Virginia Tech team more. Uh, but I just don't think that they're very good. Um, he hasn't really, really gotten his footing in uh, at Virginia Tech after this all the success at Wofford. Um, so, yeah, I would lean NC State for sure uh, if I had to pick a side. But I'm staying away personally. The number's kind of ballooning already, and I think I just kind of missed the best of the number. That's fair. As I said, like once you get past five, then I think the number is completely gone. So minus three right now, I got two and a half is, is probably best case scenario for that one. I also kind of like Boston College plus eight and a half against UNC. I know they're the undefeated team in ACC play. They're the team that people are crowning as potential uh, tournament winners. And I just think shooting wise, they can kind of keep up with UNC. And I mean, I'm trying not to be a, a North Carolina hater here. I'm a Duke fan. Baycock gets away with murder down there. I think we both were talking about it when they played Clemson. It's crazy yeah. how much he gets away with down low. I'm hoping that this line moves because if I can get people back in North Carolina, we get it to nine, nine and a half, then I'll probably lay it. But at least as of now, especially with the way that college basketball works, you could have a tie game with two minutes to go and then they lose by 10, 12 points. So I'm just, I'm going to stay away for now, but I do think that it's one to watch line movement on as the day progresses. Now, Big Ten-wise, there's not a lot of games tomorrow. Where there's only three in the Big Ten. Um, as I said, we got that Indiana-Wisconsin game tonight, but Purdue-Iowa, we got Northwestern. They love, their, they love their Sunday games. <laughs> they do love their Sunday games. So Purdue's minus seven on the road against Iowa, Northwestern plus four and a half against Nebraska, and then you've got Ohio State minus eight and a half against Penn State. The one that jumped out to me right away was – I honestly can't believe that Ohio State is laying that kind of number. And it's just because they feel like they should be better. Like the record should be much better. But we said this last year and then they lost it was like 15 out of 16 games. It was crazy. And then you get to the Big Ten tournament and then you see what they can be. And you're like, yeah, oh, I'm not sure I've ever had more fun on a worthless future ride than I had on Ohio State to win the Big Ten tournament last year at like 250 to 1 or 50 to 1 or whatever the odds were. I don't even remember at this point. But once we got through those first couple games and got to the semifinals, it was all worth it. Like it was all good at that point. So now they're taking on a Penn State team that's not good. I know that. But eight and a half seems like a lot. And is that Vegas telling me that no, this is the spot where they, they finally prove why they're good and they win by 20-plus against a bad Nittany Lions team, or I don't know. I'm... I think this Penn State team plays up. I think this Penn State team plays up a little bit uh, in State College. Like, I think they play up a good bit at home. But I think Ohio State at home is a pretty good bet. Uh, to right the ship off the road loss to Michigan, they should come back here and win this one by double digits and kind of take care of business and just kind of get the thing back on track. Um, Penn State's awful, like probably the worst team in the Big Ten. 
Um, so this is like, I mean, this is this is as good of a this is as much of a blowout spot as you're going to get in conference play for Ohio State. Yeah. So I also liked Northwestern plus four and a half. I think it's more so fading Nebraska. Now you had you were looking at that Iowa Purdue game. What is it for you that stands out? Yeah. No, I'm going to play Iowa plus the number. I just think Purdue on the road in conference play is going to struggle. I mean, they're not going to cover every game. Um, I think Iowa's a team offensively that can take advantage of them with their spacing and how they move the ball and stuff like that. I just think this game is close kind of into the fourth quarter, into the late and second half. And I think Iowa can keep up. I think this play, I think this game's played in the high 80s, low 90s. And I think Iowa can get there and just do enough to stay in the game and cover the spread. Yeah, this, I mean, it's a very high total. Um, you're going to get that anytime you get Purdue and Iowa. I think they love to get up and down the court. So, I get that spot for sure. Um, I, I don't think that I can jump on it myself. Like, I think it was – I wanted to take the over, but when I see 166 and a half in college basketball, I get terrified because it just takes one team no-showing to balloon down to an under. So, I'll stay away from it. I do think that it's an intriguing one, though. I don't think that Purdue will go in and outright lose on the road, but I do think that that's a lot of points, um, and Iowa could definitely keep it close. Now – I think we would both agree that the best conference this year is the Big East. Is that fair? Or I think you want- the Big East or the Big 12. I think you can make arguments for either one. The Big 12 is really, really strong with now with BYU and Cincinnati in that league. Um, the depth there is just kind of remarkable, but I think you could pick either or. So Big East, we've got a lot of good games here. I, I think you could honestly say that every every time it's the Big East because – you're looking at Marquette on the road against St. John's, Creighton on the road against Seton Hall, Nova on the road against, uh, or sorry, uh, UConn on the road against Nova, and then you've got DePaul and Butler is kind of the stinker of the day. But what's a game for you in the Big East? I, I think the one to watch is UConn and, and Nova, but what do you think? Yeah, that's definitely the game to watch, and I'm backing and I'm backing the Wildcats here at home. I think that this is kind of a spot where they played up to competition all year. Uh, they've shown that they can compete with the absolute best of them. UConn might be the best team in the entire country, um, but they've actually struggled in conference play the last couple of years. So I'm backing uh, I'm backing Villanova to probably win this one. Like, I mean, at that point, like when you're taking the plus two, you're probably admitting like, hey, I think this team is going to win the game. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm taking Villanova in that one. Um, I still like the Wildcats. I was a big preseason believer in the Wildcats. I bet them to win the national title. That's kind of where I'm at with that one. So, so you and I, you and I are both sitting on the St. John's future. What what's thoughts on Marquette? Is this uh is this a too tough of a home spot or what do you think? I don't even think it's a tough spot. Like I just think like, you know, I would love to have more clarity on whether or not Patino is going to be back on the bench tomorrow. I would love yeah. to know kind of who's in and out and kind of what the deal is. If I had more clarity, like I mean, yeah, like logically and the line kind of trending that way, like they should bounce back here against Marquette, but. I do think with I do think with so much uncertainty around um, I do think with so much uncertainty around kind of what's going on with Patino with COVID and stuff. I just think that it's kind of best to stay away and then just kind of cheer for the futures. And then Creighton Seton Hall. We were chatting before we went live. I think you're on the Seton Hall side. I'm kind of leaning Creighton, so we're a bit different. No, I'm on the opposite. No, we agree. I'm on the oh, Creighton. We're on Creighton. Okay, so I've seen I've seen the line anywhere from one and a half all the way up to three and a half. So 
this is why it's very important to to shop different books here because if you can find a much better number then you definitely want to jump on it now if you're a creighton backer you can get minus one and a half at minus 105 at betano so you can you can get good value here and i mean creighton they looked awful midweek versus uconn i was a sucker that bet the over because i thought oh it's a couple of really good offenses and then think Creighton had like 30 points with like eight, six minutes to go and it was looking really terrible and it was but you've got Seton Hall they're on the five game win streak they're nine and one at home I really do think that Creighton though is going to go in and win on the road I think we're going to see a lot of money come in on Seton Hall just because they are at home but I do think that Creighton are the vastly better team I like Shireman and I like Paul Brenner I think that they're two phenomenal players for them. So I think we're, we're back in the Blue Jays tomorrow. That might be one of our favorites of the day. So Yeah, I'm right there with you. I agree. So Big 12, as you said, this could be considered the best conference as well. Uh, depending on who you ask, there is a lot of games in the Big 12 tomorrow. What's one for you that stands out right away? There's the Baylor-Texas game, and then there's a bunch of other good ones in there. So which one for you? As far as just pure spot standpoint, this feels like the ultimate hold your nose and back Texas spot. Uh, it feels like they're definitely going to win tomorrow. I've seen it kind of balloon up a little bit to one and a half. Like this feels like the ultimate bounce back spot off a string of poor performances, um, including a huge blown lead against UCF at the Moody Center on, I guess it was Wednesday maybe. Um, this feels like the ultimate bounce back spot for Texas. Um I'm not there with it yet just because I really don't like backing Rodney Terry, but I probably will get there at some point. Um, it's probably the best spot in the conference for the day. So are you going to go horns down or what's what's the deal there? Because, I mean, he's uh... – a. It'd be a – Okay, how stupid was that to get upset? Oh, my God, it was dumb because, I mean, he wasn't – they weren't even doing it like – like he, he, was, it, he I know he wasn't even really in the vicinity. He could just see it happening. And, like, having been there before, like, you blow a huge lead or whatever and you're pissed off and you're upset and all that stuff, but you can't do that. Like, you just can't, like, you just can't do that. Doesn't um, it just make it so much worse moving forward as well? Because now teams are just going to want to do it more. It makes you sound so soft. Like, it just makes yeah. you sound so, like, I don't know. It feel you know, you would never see that at, like, Duke or Carolina or Kentucky or something like that. Like, you know, those are the types – I don't know. Like, it was just weird. Like, I thought it was silly. Um, we'll see if he can get him back up for this game. If they can't get up for this one and win this one, they may be done. Okay, and I feel like I'm a sucker here because I kind of like Kansas minus 10.5 on the road against West Virginia. Yeah, Morgantown's just such a weird, geeked-up place to go that, like, Kansas is definitely way better. Um, I don't like, really... It's, it's a chalked pick because, let's face it, yeah. West Virginia, they are, they are not the West Virginia that you are accustomed to when it comes to college basketball. They are terrible. I think yeah. they're 6-11. Kansas, they have two guys that could be considered National Player of the Year candidates in McCullers and in Dickinson. Like, everything points to, well, Kansas is the vastly superior team, but then they're they're on the road in college basketball, and they have I to win by double digits. Well, and they're on the road, and they're on the road in a place that is historically incredibly hard to play well in, no matter the circumstance. Um so, like, that's kind of why I'm like, ah, like, yeah, Kansas is way better, but, like, I'm going to feel like an idiot no matter what side of that game I bet because if Kansas doesn't cover and West Virginia plays the, with their air on fire and loses by six, um, I'm going to be like, you idiot. You faded a, faded a West Virginia team in Morgantown. Like, what were you thinking? And then if, you know, you back West Virginia and Kansas wins by 15, you're even more of an idiot. So, 
you know. I think I think that what what I'm picturing with this game is that this game hovers between seven to ten points late in the second half, and then you're praying for late free throws for it to cover, and so that's why I have to stay away. I I could also see myself looking up at halftime and they're up like 25 points because that's just how bad West Virginia is, but yeah. That's one that I really hate. I do kind of like TCU as well. Um, that was another spot that I liked against Iowa State. But I'll wait and see how that number trends as the day goes on. Um, I, I forget what it was last time I looked at it, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite low enough for me to want to go and pursue it quite yet. So we'll have to uh, I'll have to see where it moves as the day moves on. So let's talk SEC. Um, Another loaded conference, let's face it. You've got tons of ranked teams, even the ones that are unranked. There's some quality in there um, outside of probably that Arkansas-South Carolina game, which I think is just going to be awful. Um, What's a game for you? Yeah, I'll probably bet almost every game in this conference (laughs) on Saturday. Um, But... Uh, like my favorite probably is Alabama catching points at Tennessee. Like Tennessee's been a wagon at Thompson Bowling, uh, but Alabama's kind of been there and played well before. I think their offensive spacing is going to probably give Tennessee issues on the defensive end, where Tennessee hasn't been as elite as they have been in the years past. Um, so I just kind of like the matchup for Nate Oates' group. I think they're probably a little bit rejuvenated off playing the not off the close game, kind of against Missouri and all the high tension stuff. Like I think they'll kind of get up and have a best effort here. Uh, on the road and what's kind of a rivalry around here. So um, I like, uh, so I like the tide in that one. So I also like the tide there. I like the points. I hope that people hammer Tennessee and it moves, but I might even still end up playing it with where it's at. The other one that I was looking at, and it was a team that we talked about preseason, Georgia, and they're taking on Kentucky on the road. They're 10 and a half. They've won nine out of their last 10. Am I crazy for liking Georgia? Like, do you think that this is a Kentucky offense just blows them out at home? Because they've done that pretty consistently recently with teams. I think Kentucky's going to blow them out. I think, like, with Georgia, they've had to get up so much lately and play so many close games in a row. You just wonder how much emotional strength is left there. It feels like they're due for one. Um, It feels like they're kind of due for one where they kind of lay down and maybe don't play quite as well and kind of struggle over the course of a struggle over the course of a full game and just get blown out get out and then, you know, come back to stagnant or come back to stagnant and Athens and, um, and kind of have a better effort. I feel like this is one where they probably don't play well. That, That was my concern. And I'm glad that we talked through it because I think back to that Tennessee game last weekend and they were laying some points there. I think they just barely covered that game. I think they lost by six, but were able to cover to seven and a half. So I agree. They've been getting up for a lot of games, and I think that they're due for a bad one, which is why I wanted to talk through it. The issue is I don't see that line moving Georgia's way because it's the Kentucky Wildcats. And if anything, it's probably going to move to 11 and a half if it does. So. Probably not one that you have to monitor. It's probably right where it's going to be. I do like Mississippi State quite a bit, this team, but I don't think that I like them enough to even bet on them against Vanderbilt, so maybe I'm just talking myself out of liking them because it's 14 points. 
Um, but Vanderbilt is barely uh, barely an SEC team. So, yeah. yeah. I'll keep an eye on it as it goes. Yeah, the only thing with that is State's pace is so slow and they struggle shooting so much that you can't lay that many points with a team like that. I would be hoping that Vandy at halftime has like maybe a couple point lead and then I can snag a nice line on them, but probably not a, a bet right now. It's a bet later on. Um, and then the last one that we had was the Pac-12, which I think we were both in agreement that we didn't really like this slate for the Pac-12, but we were kind of thinking that Arizona might absolutely blow the doors off the UCLA. And we're looking at minus 16 and a half, which these are typically the two best teams in the conference, but UCLA is horrendous. So is this uh, Arizona wins by 25 or 30 just to stick it to a rival because they're at home? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, I think they win big. Like, I think they kind of just will name the score in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, UCLA is just really bad. Like, Cronin's kind of capped out there. Wouldn't surprise me if Cronin's coaching another team next year. Um, but, yeah, and then the other one that caught my eye was Oregon State plus 17 against Colorado. Like, I'm a big Buffs fan uh, on the basketball court. But they did just play two days ago. I love that you just clarified on the basketball court. You tried to slide that in there, but I really did appreciate it. Um, yeah, but the uh, I do wonder, like, I do wonder about a team like Colorado getting up and beating a team by 18, like, to cover a number after, you know, only one day off in between games. And now, like, granted, Oregon State's on a road road here where they were just on the road at Utah, and then they're coming back and they're on the road at Colorado, so maybe that plays a factor. But it does feel like legs get heavy and they just struggle. Both teams kind of struggle making shots down the stretch, and that if Colorado's up, you know, 12 or 13 points, that they just kind of pull their feet off the gas and um, and kind of just take the W and go home, knowing that there's bigger fish to fry over the course of the full season. Okay, so that's what we've got for Power 5 games now. This, this is honestly, this is where the sicko talk kind of starts because it's it's non-Power 5 plays. We are talking the mid-majors, the, the games that you won't find on ESPN, the Ocho. That's how good some of these games are. So uh, give me one of yours that you like. That's a- I'll start. This one's at least on national television. This one's on CBS at noon. Um, so I at least, I'll take San Diego State on the uh, minus one on the road at Boise State. Boise is a tough place to play, and I think it's a really good team. This is two really high-caliber Mountain West teams. I do think San Diego State is just, you know, probably a little bit better than one point better. Uh, I would play it probably to minus two. Once it gets outside of a possession, you probably lose all your value. Um, but I do think San Diego State's going to go up there and win the basketball game tomorrow. So that's one that I'm playing. And then my real, like my real sicko game, you won't find this one on TV. You'll have to stream it somewhere. Um, but going kind of sticking in my region in the country in the southeast, I like Furman minus four against Western Carolina tomorrow. Like Western Carolina had a huge game on national television against Samford at home, uh, biggest crowd they've had in forever. And Samford came in there and ended up winning the game anyways. Um, Western Carolina dropped to 15 and three. So this is their first real, like, you know, bounce back off a loss, but they actually have to go on the road. Uh, to a Furman team with players returning from a team that won NCAA tournament games last year. I think you're getting line strength to Furman here. 
I think that this is a spot where, you know, Furman kind of jumps on them early. Western Carolina maybe pulls the plug and goes back with their tail between their legs and gets back right kind of later in conference play. This definitely doesn't feel like an immediate bounce back. Like this Furman group's a veteran group. They've been in big games, won big games. They've won a conference tournament. They've done all of those things with a mid-major that you really, really want to do. Uh, so I'm com- I'm comfortable laying the points against a really good Western Carolina team. I just hope that uh, I hope that Vontavious Woolbridge doesn't kill me tomorrow. <laughs> Vontavious, Vontavious, not Vontavious. Okay, so I am watching George Washington Revolutionaries tomorrow. Um, they are taking on UMass. They're plus six and a half on the road. I think that they're one of those teams that can actually keep up with UMass because that's one thing that they do well is score the ball. But I think defensively they're much better. I think you get a really close game here. I don't know if George Washington is going to win outright, but I do think that they keep it close with that six and a half number. So I am keeping an eye on that one. The other one that I'm looking at, I really like St. Bonaventure tomorrow against George Mason. Again, I'm kind of keeping an eye on the line. I'm hoping that money comes in on George Mason because they've got the better record. They're at home. I hope that we can get this to like two and a half or three by the time tip-off happens. But again, not sure how lucky I'm going to be. But I do think that Bonaventure is playing pretty well. Um, Mason's coming in. I think it's on a three-game losing streak. So I think that it's a good spot to to potentially have a road upset here uh, with Bonaventure. So... Those are a couple of the, the non-Power 5 games. There's a million on tomorrow. Um, so I don't think that you're going to have any issue finding games to bet on. Um, I'm a Duke fan. I'll be watching that Duke-Pittsburgh game. I think that uh, 12 and a half, 13 and a half with Pittsburgh is probably the play after how we blew them out in Pitt. And then you've got your Ole Miss game tomorrow. How do you think it's going to go? I think Ole Miss will play them close. Um you know, just historically, it's kind of one of those weird things. Ole Miss has always played Auburn particularly well, uh, no matter who the coach has been. Like, it's just always kind of been one of those things that they've played really well. So I expect them to keep the game close. They're coming off a loss and a non-cover on the road at LSU. Uh, so part of me thinks that they'll have a best effort tomorrow and kind of bounce back, especially with a veteran coach like Beard who knows how to get his teams up in these types of spots and win these types of games. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they play significantly better tomorrow. Uh, and the good thing with them, too, is you know that you're getting a high-powered offense. They're one of the top, like, 40, 45 offenses in all of college basketball. So you at least know you're going to get guys that are going to score the ball. Um, and when you're trying to cover these big numbers, big numbers, it always helps when you have a team that can consistently get buckets. So um, I feel like they've got a pretty good shot to cover the number tomorrow. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to win outright. Like, that feels like that's probably a stretch. But, like, you know, I wouldn't surprise me at all if you look up with two and a half minutes to go and it's a four-point game. So... I like it. Well, Last Call Pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. Family owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products. We got the logo up there on the top left. Uh, and so we love their old fashioned. My wife loves their dill pickle vodka for Caesars. So Definitely go and check out their products. Walker, let's give our three favorites tomorrow. I, I'll start. I think my favorite play tomorrow is NC State. I'm not a big believer in Virginia Tech. I think that this is a really good spot for them to go in and cover. I really like Northwestern plus four and a half against Nebraska. I think, again, they have potential to cover, if not win outright on the road. So I'm probably going to roll with Moneyline and the spread. 
And then I really like Creighton against Seton Hall on the road, so I'm going to lay that one. What's your three favorites? Yeah, so I'm actually going to give out picks that we didn't talk about. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to start with my new theory that I'm subscribing to, backing some of the shit teams in the Mountain West. So I'm going to back Air Force plus 10.5 or 11, whatever you can find against New Mexico tomorrow. My theory is just kind of that, you know, these five or six really, really good uh, Mountain West teams that all have a chance to win the league, I really honestly – think that when they play these kind of bottom feeders like air force i think that they play down a little bit because and just try to escape with wins we've seen it with colorado state we've seen it with new mexico in the past they already kind of have they already had a road loss at unlv uh by 10 on a minus two so it wouldn't surprise me at all if air force kept this thing in single digits at all uh over the course of a full game so i'm backing air force there uh and then another one i like is i like texas a&m going on the road to lsu um, I'm not a huge believer in this LSU team. Totally understood the spot against Ole Miss uh, earlier in the week. Ole Miss kind of maybe a little bit of fool's gold. And so LSU at home with a pretty potent offense made a lot of sense. So they were able to they were able to get the win there. I don't think it's the same thing tomorrow. I think Texas A&M goes in there off a series of unfortunate results and probably gets right and gets this thing back trending in the right direction. We've seen this before with Buzz Williams' teams. They kind of do this in the non-conference and early conference play where they just kind of meander and don't play very well, and then all of a sudden they flip a switch and then they start playing incredibly well. Um, We even saw this last year where they had a non-conference loss early to Wofford, but then they still won like the SEC regular season title. Um, So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then the last one, just thinking uh, I like Texas Tech at home as a spot against BYU. Uh, I'm as high as anybody is on the Cougars. I think they're really, really good. Uh, I do think this is a spot for Grant McCaslin's group to probably get a win at home. Uh, now in Big 12 play, like BYU having to travel a ton, so they're going to have to. It's a huge travel spot, and they're going to have to go and uh, they're going to have to go down to Texas and try to in a hostile environment and try to beat a uh, a pretty hungry Texas Tech team off of a blowout loss. So I think off the blowout here, Texas Tech should be a good buy. Uh, against the BYU team that's absolutely loaded. They, but Texas Tech should be able to get home on, like, I think I've seen pick them. I've seen minus one. Lines have even started moving in this show. Like, I gave out Villanova plus two and a half, but you can find plus four now. Um, so I think that those are my three favorites. So. Love it. Well, go and check out Fieldstormers, the show that uh, Walker and Mo they, they co-host together. Um, really great show over at Off the Ball Network. And be sure to go and join the Playbook HQ Discord. That's where most a lot of our plays. We've got the premium over there. A lot of great picks, whether it be Joe's picks or uh, Fam's got some good ones, NHL goalie props. There's a lot of great picks over there, so be sure to check out the Playbook HQ Discord. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Heads podcast, probably looking at some more college basketball um, as we head into February and ultimately.